In the early hours of January 12, 1975, in Braddock Park in North Bergen, New Jersey, a local store owner, George Obarski, was in his car when the radio suddenly filled with static. Around the same time, a doorman from the nearby Stonehenge apartments reported seeing strange, floating lights. Obarski would later on go to describe the fantastic encounter he had that night in an interview with known UFO investigator Bud Hopkins. Obarski recounted how he had seen an object seemingly 30 feet long and floating only 6 feet above the ground. The object landed and humanoid figures emerged from the craft and seemed to collect samples of soil from the ground of the park and then re-embark on the craft as it lifted back into the air. Obarski said he returned to the site hours later and was amazed to find holes exactly where the creatures had been. New Jersey is no stranger to UFO sightings, and almost exactly to the day six years prior to Mr. Obarski's encounter, it would seem UFOs had visited in search of something else besides Earth, just over 20 miles to the northeast over the Wanake, New Jersey Reservoir. This case file joined the theorists as they garble some Garden State accents in the Wanake UFO Incident. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 164, Wanakee, New Jersey Reservoir UFO Incident Report. <laughs> I, just, I, I couldn't remember where it stops. It's all that. It's the longest name ever. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Woo! Wanaki. Boys are back in town. And we're going to be slumming it. In New Jersey. Jersey. But this week's case file. All right. Well, let's get right into this with the Wanakee UFO incident. Back on a little UFO. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure actually how to pronounce this because I have heard it a couple different ways while I was Wa researching this. Wanakee. Wanakee. Wanakee, New Jersey. I thought it was Wanakee, but. I thought it was Winoke. Could have been one oak. I thought it was a Wenatchee. Wenatchee. That's what I, I thought it was Wenatchee. So there's there seems like there's there's multiple ways which <laughs> you to, mean we uh, could have called this one the crashy at Wenatchee. <laughs> Change the name. Yeah, I, I don't think we would have been wrong. I think restart we restart the show. We could have supported that one. <laughs> Do over. So th this particular UFO incident uh, occurred January 11th, 1966 uh, at around 630 p.m. Uh, the sun had already gone down, so it's 6.30 January. You can imagine it's early evening, and it's probably pretty dark at this point. Uh, you have, um, you're going to have a lot of witnesses for this case because there were a lot of people that were witness to the events that happened on this particular night. So keeping all the names straight is a little bit difficult, but that's why we kind of, this one is so interesting is that you had almost an entire town witnessing 
what happened this night. It, it actually the, blew me away that we have just like this is the first time when you brought it up. I looked into this. I'd never heard about this case. But like we're talking like policemen, military personnel, firefighters, mayors, councilmen, their kids, you know, rogue teenagers, mothers, daughters, <laughs> store owners, like the whole like you're saying, the whole town. Cats, dogs, cats, dogs, everybody. Store owners, grandmas, grandpas, <laughs> second cousins. Every single person and their grandma saw this thing and had an account. So it's not like you just have like the town kook who saw it. You have all these people who are credible people. What a missed opportunity. Like, come on now. You could have merchandised the shit out of this. This could have been New Jersey's fucking Charlie Red Star. <laughs> well, it's funny. Funny you say that. They do. <laughs> you know, it could have been that, but it is also called New Jersey's Roswell. <laughs> well, any any UFO encounter in a place ends up being called that place as Roswell. Yeah, that Roswell. So this is the New Jersey Roswell incident. <laughs> Jersey. So... uh one of the very first witnesses is Juana K. Uh, patrolman Joseph Cisco, uh, who was in his police cruiser at the time. And he got a call from the area of Pompton Lakes. Uh, the dispatcher came over the radio and gave a report of some sort of glowing light was occurring. And they were the the, the general thought was that it was a fire. So he needed to go and they wanted people to go in out and, and check it out. And then Cisco recalled that he heard over the rest of the radio, he heard people uh, from the areas of Oakland, Ringwood, Patterson, uh, Totoa, and, uh, or Totoa, not sure. Like, New Jersey has a bunch of fucking weird-ass named towns. And I don't yeah. know. Like, how, does it, how does it feel, Dan? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I'm pulling a Braden tonight. But yeah, you had all these people reporting that there is a flying saucer over the town of Wanake. So Cisco goes on to recall that uh, he actually witnessed this light uh, when he got a chance to see it. And it, it looked bigger than any of the stars uh, seemed to be about the he, he judged it to be about the size of a softball or a volleyball. Uh, he described it as pulsating uh, a white light. Uh, that seemed to be changing from white to red. Uh, it stayed in the air, and he recalls there being no noise. I think he actually had a key witness in this situation, didn't you, Braden? He got a good statement from somebody for it? Yeah, if I think it, I think he went, and it, it kind of went something like this. All right, good afternoon. My name is Officer Cisco. I am but a humble officer of the law hey hey oh i'm walking here i am just wondering if you happen perchance to see anything out of the ordinary tonight hey first of all here let's just get right let's get this out right away here i ain't no stinking rat see so don't come around here asking me these questions sounding like some kind of fugazi cop over here all right because you ain't gonna hear nothing forget about it all right capiche I just wanted to know if you had seen anything out of the ordinary. Maybe oh, you mean the light? Oh, so you're telling me you saw a light? I mean, I saw a light. It was bright. Now, now let me tell you something. This is the brightest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, all right? And all of a sudden, this light, it's over here. It's over there. It's fucking green. It's fucking red. Bada bing, bada boom. It's fucking everywhere. So what you're trying to tell me is that this light zigzagged across the night sky. Hey, 
Hey, I'm not trying to fucking tell you nothing here, all right? I'm not telling you nothing, capiche? Forget about it. Nothing happened. Okay, my my apologies. Good sir, and I will let you on your way if that is all you in fact did see. I mean, I did see some giant holes in some ice looking, you know, we're talking sizes of pizza pies here. But hey, hey, you're good, you. You're good with that smooth voice here. You're good. I can see what you're doing here and it's not going to fucking work. Uh, I think Cisco was actually a Southern law enforcement officer that had transferred in from somewhere, some, you know, New Orleans, South Jersey. He's (laughs) from South uh, Jersey. That's Brayden Andrew (laughs) representing the wonderful diversity of New Jersey accents. (laughs) Yeah. He's from South Jersey. I think that's South Jersey. That sounds right to me. You couldn't find, you had to get a way to uh, get that voice back in for another episode of Cajun Justice is what you're saying? I think that's, I think that's, That's, he's stuck on that setting now. I think he's stuck on that accent. This isn't Cajun Justice. This is New Jersey Justice. But you haven't heard anybody from South Jersey before? That was fucking bang on. I'm going to say it's in the realms of possibilities because I I don't know anyone from South Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can if you can sit here and look me dead in the eye and say there's not a single person in New Jersey that talks like that, I will apologize. Okay, sure. <laughs> so other than <laughs> other than our uh, southern gentleman, uh, Joseph Southern Cisco, New Jersey gentleman, Southern New Jersey gentleman, Joseph Cisco. <laughs> That's the show. Uh, the show to, is uh, called the Jersey Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I like it. <laughs> Fuck. TLC, sign us up. Do it. I, that'll be a hit. <laughs> Comes right. What is 90 Day Fiance? Is that on TLC? Yeah. yeah comes okay. right it on. Comes right after TLC. Comes yeah. right after 90 Day Fiance. It actually comes in the middle between, you know, the 30, 36 episodes into 90 Day Fiance. It breaks up with a quick half hour of Jersey Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> So you actually had people like the actual mayor of Wanake, uh, Harry T. Wolf. Uh, uh, you also had council members, city council members, uh, Warren Hagstrom and Arthur Burton. Harry, Harry Wolf. That's a fucking great name. <laughs> and you had the mayor's 14 year old son, Billy, uh, who actually were on their way to oversee the burning of the Burroughs Christmas trees at the time. And then they had actually heard the reports. It seems like everybody hates I guess, Christmas I guess in New Jersey. They're just burning trees all over the place. Well, Christmas well, is over. Christmas. It says it's January over. 11th. <laughs> yeah. What are you supposed to do with the trees? <laughs> Brain's that guy who keeps his Christmas tree up all year. <laughs> so he doesn't have to put it up the following year. I just thought this was an attack on Christmas when I first read it. <laughs> I was like, what, what does New Jersey have against Christmas? They're city of Grinches. Trees Fucking everywhere. city of Grinches. <laughs> It's, it's really strange that they, they have all these people reporting that they, they heard these actual police reports because I feel like I feel like everybody at some point in the 60s, I think like everybody owned a police scanner. I wonder if that was a thing. Like I, I know I've never owned one. I know some people, I think neighbors, I have neighbors that own them. Well, I think but. this is like, I don't know how small this town was, but like I, I gather it's quite small because Cisco, not only was he fucking a cop, but he was also the fire chief. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think these guys... You know, there's fucking- yeah, I assume the mayor, I assume the mayor would have one. Like the mayor would, would probably want one. So he'd probably keep one in his car at that point. It's probably just not like a trap, like a, it's probably an open at this time. It's probably like open radio. Probably if you have a, like a CB radio, you could probably just tune in. 
Yeah, I mean, like they've now, re- like, how long has it been since they started digitizing the fucking radios now, so people can't get on them? It hasn't been that long. Like, man. I used to have a police scanner app on my phone. This was like not even that, like maybe five years ago. Maybe this is some sort of like neighborhood watch alliance fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got access. Well, I assume yeah. that if you're the mayor of the town, you would want a police scanner, or you would have yeah. some sure, something yeah. to listen. Keep to out reports. all those crusty jugglers. <laughs> crusty yeah, keep jugglers for the greater good. Maybe Harry T. Wolf is a fucking part-time superhero. Mayor, superhero, has got a fucking police scanner fighting crime. Little vigilante justice. Just like Adam West. Either He's way. The Jersey Devil. Very quickly, like every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry in town knew that there's something going on at the reservoir. Reservoir. Yep. Uh, so the people who saw this light uh flying oddly over this frozen lake which was formed by the reservoir at the time probably the most exciting or the climax of the event is when this this object seemed to fire down or emanate a type like a a cone shape of light uh down towards the ground into the ice or it seemed to project it onto the ice and uh there were reports of people saying that it was burning holes in the ice hovering above so, the re- reservoir shooting a laser beam into the ice right so there was that that was one of the things that joseph cisco recalled hearing over the radio is somebody reporting that something is burning a hole in the ice and in some of the in some of the like readings they would say like perfect holes right like, like a they, perfect like a laser like laser precise perfect melt hole yeah shaped like pizza pies right so very strange something that we I haven't encountered in all of our case files. No, I mean this. No, the, when I first read this one, it, what was that one we did not that long ago? With this, it was kind of a same. Uh, coming down on the lake with the people on the dock. Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. The same oh, kind the one of the flo- dam flo- floating orb. Yeah. Which one was that? Was that Falcon? Not no, not um, Buff. That the one with the bulls. Buff Ledge. Yeah. That was the yeah. one where it came down, but that that one it didn't shoot a beam, but it like floated above a lake and then ended up well. There was a beam though, remember? Because they it was it, like an X-ray. Yeah, I thought they it, described. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's right. So, so similar very, to that. Very similar. The other thing that was weird about this one is that like some of the descriptions of it is that like it would like bend the treetops and stuff towards it, almost like if it was affecting gravity or something, or like had some sort of suction force uh, going on when it was like hovering towards over the trees. Towards it. So like, it's not like a propulsion. Tr- all, the, all the trees would like bend like towards it. Like oh, when it weird. was going over top, I thought that was interesting. I read that in a couple in, in one of the articles uh, that were going and that really stuck with me. I went, well, that's very interesting. Oh, that's um, weird. That would something would do that. Well, if you go with it, if it's a an actual UFO and they always say like they're they're not like propelling themselves through space. They're like folding space. So like the, yeah. like the it's like reversing gravity or something. So maybe that would explain stuff. Folding shifting. space. The, the other yeah, folding space, fuck? shifting space. It's, like, it's like how you fold the cheese. Well, that Just like that. And then you yeah, and then you poke a hole through the cheese and you're on the boom. other side. <laughs> space travel in a nutshell. Space travel for dummies. It's, yeah, it was, uh, it was sucking treetops together. And another report here that uh, Sergeant Ben Thompson reported, uh, he said that it would cause the a rise in the reservoir's water level when it was above it. So it's almost like some affecting gravity, like pulling it up towards it, which is very interesting. 
Well, this one isn't a, is the water frozen though? It's the water's frozen. Well, there, I'm guessing if it's a reservoir, there's a dam or something. Yeah. Right. So maybe there's frozen on one side, which, but where it runs out, oh, there's moving faster. Yeah, moving faster. It hasn't quite frozen. Right. That's what I'm guessing. This is coming from Sergeant Ben Thompson. This is his account. Or could it be trying to like suck shit up? You know what I mean? Like, what if it's like a Dr. Robotnik situation where he's trying to steal all these like <laughs> fucking creatures and turn them into evil robots? Well, it's it it begs the question of like, okay, well, why is it melting holes in the ice if it's looking or if it's trying to suck up water, sucking up Fish. something from the water, right? Maybe it's not sucking up, but maybe it's sucking something up on like a different dimensional plane that we can't even see or perceive, but we can see the physical, you know, the I fucking lost words, but we can see the holes in the lights in our dimension, but whatever it's doing, it's on, it's, we can't, it's on a different wavelength than what we can perceive. Can't, we can't perceive or maybe it. it's pulling shit up on like a molecular level. That exactly. Yeah, small exactly. For us to see. Right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down. So you had other people like you had councilman Warren Hagstrom, uh, who, who was a witness to this. And, you know, at, at first when they saw this object, they, they thought it was some type of helicopter, but they, Notice the the absolute lack of noise. There was no sound of a uh, a motor. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, but he said it resembled a helicopter in some way. It had it, he he described it having these big landing lights, uh, but th th it was just something about it that must have rubbed him the wrong way because he, he said that he remembers getting goosebumps uh, when they saw like where that hole was. You know, that there was a hole in the ice and it's just like there's nothing that can do that. If it was some type of helicopter like that light would there's nothing really that that could do that or that they know that could do that. And all they also say if it's a helicopter, all the all the witnesses say it was silent. Yeah, right? exactly. So there's there's no sound coming from this object, but it was still moving. There was a noticeable movement. Some people uh, described it moving in a, in a type of pattern, like up and down, back, forth, up, down. It was moving in, a, in what seemed to be some type of, you know, intelligent pattern as it, as it moved, through the, moved through the sky. That's, I mean, if it's like a predictable pattern, it's like it's moving in a way like that's how it is. Because if you like, if it's moving in a predictable pattern, repeating over and over, is that what they're saying? Like I just kept doing like the same, the same left, right, up, down. Well, if it was moving in some type of pattern, I mean, from that you could kind of, uh, I guess you could come to the conclusion that it was perhaps some kind of search pattern that it was looking for something. Which is interesting because yeah. like right away in my head, when I read this part, I was in my head, I was like, okay, well, what could I relate that to now? What in my head? And I just went drone, like some sort of drone. Right. But this is 1966. We didn't have anything like this, let alone silent in the air. Right? Because so, they said they're, they're saying it's not bigger. Than, it's not more than like what they're saying, three or four feet or something. Right. Uh, most of the reports that that they said it was it didn't seem to be that large, like at least the light itself or the or the object from where the the beams of light were emanating. It Most of the people said it was they estimated it be maybe two to three feet across. Yeah, but isn't it like when you don't like something's in the sky like that and you don't have anything to like compare it to, it's gotta be so fucking hard to actually give a good estimate of the size. 
Yes, especially if it's if it's dark out and you're staring up into a light, the light could be, or the object could be five feet, like five feet across, but only like 50 feet up. Or it could be, you know, it could be a 200 foot object, but it could be a thousand feet up. But if it's just like a bright light, it'd be hard to judge distance. Totally. So it's, so it's up there. It's bright. It's moving like the fucking organized, looks like the Konami code fucking bouncing around <laughs> up there. What else is going on? Melted holes in the ice and then melted holes in the ice. Uh, this seemed to go on for about half an hour and then it took off. Uh, it, it They noted the direction is southeast. Uh, it seemed to hover briefly over uh, one of the regional high schools, Lakeland Regional High School. Uh, it And then it seems that people reported that it had reappeared over some other areas. Um, people noted the hound Houndale sand pit in Haskell uh, where people were burning Christmas trees where they were volunteer firemen were burning Christmas trees. So maybe that was something they wanted to check out. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, More Christmas and then, trees. And then hey, at least the they're UFO not continued All right. Southeast go kept going in the direction of Pine Lakes and Wayne, Wayne, New Jersey, which I checked. That is fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom. Oh shit! That guy, did, the lead singer, just died. R.I.P. So, was there anything else that happened on this January 11th date? So, from that, Joseph Cisco would report seeing that bright light appear one more time, and he said that this occurred at 4 a.m. Uh, you know, on the morning of the of the next day. So, you know, it moved from the night of January 11th to the morning of January 12th. All right. Before we talk more about Joseph Cisco, let's take a quick beer break. We'll be right back. So we were talking about Joseph Sisko, uh, who was one of the first people to have seen this UFO. And then he actually re-encountered perhaps this very same UFO at 4 a.m. the next morning. So you had all the events of the previous night happening around 6.30 to 7. And then you had this another reappearance of another UFO at 4 a.m. And he remarked or he recalls this object moving from north to south along the horizon uh over the town of wickoff so that was another time to see it this this wouldn't be the last time that these people would see this ufo which also makes this case very fascinating is that you see this ufo multiple times and you have multiple witnesses seeing it so not only uh, that morning would you see it, but then there would be another reports of another bright white disc uh, reported to have been seen by patrolman Jack Wardlaw uh, and seeing this in the vicinity of his home in Stonetown, uh, Wanake. And he remarked on this thing appearing to be about a thousand feet up, like as far as it was. Um, he is quoted saying that it wasn't any helicopter, helicopter, a plane or a comet. It shot laterally left to right. It stopped, moved up straight, and then it moved down and then disappeared in the direction of Ringwood, which is to the North. So he, he describes the actual shape of this while, uh, a lot of the other reports just reported seeing some type of a small 
object with the you know bright light or at least just the bright light itself he actually described this giving it a shape uh, assigning it a, a disc shape and then it seemed from certain angles to appear even egg shaped at times right hmm. so just we had the, the sightings the first night next morning well this is like a 24 hour flap essentially yeah. right right like uh this over the course of two days you were continuously seeing strange lights, um, you know, a varying degree. And this goes with all the people's accounts in the town of all the people who see it. There's varying degrees of like people seeing it, you know, like, like this, just a light in the sky. That's odd. Maybe some maneuvers. You have people seeing it blasting holes in ice, really shining, changing colors, like unbelievable experience. And then you have people who are just like, yeah, I saw some like repeating light, but I there was nothing like there. There's such a wide variety of accounts from this these 24 hours based on when people saw it and kind of where they saw it. It goes from like War of the Worlds type alien invasion to swamp gas. Yeah, essentially. Like how how the like the the range of sightings goes, but yeah, it's a flap, a 24 hour flap. I don't know. It's a, it's a cool one. I think, I think like looking into it, the, the other thing that really interests me is that the amount, just the amount of people that were like, it was so amazing that, you know, in January, I don't know how cold it is there, but there's cold enough that the lake's frozen, that all these people are jumping in their cars and heading up to where this thing could possibly be to try to get a sight of it. Like jamming the highways, like parking on the side of the shoulder of the highway, getting out, looking for it. Yeah, yeah. they had to actually secure the gates. Like the uh, reservoir security guard had to actually secure the gates to keep people from coming up onto the reservoir to to get a closer look at this object as it was hovering over uh, the frozen lake itself. I mean, what else is on TV in 1966 in New Jersey? Probably nothing better to do. Might as well fucking go have a look. Well, and like, not only that, but like, there's also they've like the phone lines for the police are jammed up as they were getting like hundreds of calls about this thing. So it's like it's just very interesting to me that like the amount of people that, you know, had seen this and then we never heard about it. Like it it's it's called like one of the greatest mass ufo sightings like never talked about or never told and it really is like there's so much to this case and there's so many people who saw it yeah exactly right. and yeah and there's so many people who saw it so then that kind of brings the question to did anybody document this did anybody take any photos because really most of this most of this stuff goes off of just straight up accounts from the uh witnesses of the event itself so you have a lot of that now it's 1966. I don't expect everybody to to have any uh, pictures of this, but later on down the road, if you even today, if you search for Wanake, you spell it right. So if you're looking at this podcast and you look at the title and you type it in, it a certain photo will come up that is associated with this sighting and is alleged to be the the picture of the object. Uh, as it's it's projecting its its light uh, or its beam onto the ground uh, at the time uh, that that evening of January eleventh is uh, the ground or is it the one burning? It's burning the hole in the ice. 
I'm not sure if it's burning the hole in the ice. Like, I'm not sure if that's the the actual picture, but this photo itself. I would assume that it's one of the ones from up on the, from the water, because those are mainly where you get all the reports of that bright shining light down onto the frozen lake. You don't really get accounts of that anywhere else. So I would say it's pretty safe assumption that that picture is probably from there. And based on the amount of people that were at the dam, I would imagine that you could say that that's probably the location of this picture. Right. So if, if you know about this photo, like the first question you're going to ask yourself is who took this photo? Okay. So it was reported to have been taken by, uh, I think a, a, a coworkers of Cisco's who wanted to remain anonymous when they, when they first published this photo, then story gets a little bit more interesting. It was, it's, it's reported by the periodical that, that, or the publication that printed this photo uh, that the negatives had been taken by Project Blue Book investigators. Oh, cover up. Here we go. So this gets into the side of the what another interesting aspect of this sighting is that you have what there are seem to be attempts to cover up or you know, deny uh, the occurrence uh, that happened uh, that January evening. So after midnight or shortly after midnight, uh, after the first sightings, uh, there came word from Stewart Air Force Base in Newburgh, uh, New York, that an Air Force helicopter with a powerful beacon of some type had actually been on some type of mission at the same time that the UFO is spotted. So the, you have this first report. This is just shortly after midnight, after these sightings had happened, maybe, you know, a couple hours after the first initial sightings had happened, you get this report of a helicopter, you know, making it a possible suspect or explanation for what was happening. But then at 6.15 that morning, uh, the official spokesman for Stewart Air Force Base, Major Donald Sherman, denied that any aircraft had been on any mission that night. That this 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 explanation of a helicopter was completely unfounded. That 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 yeah. pretty much L- whoever ludicrous. said that never happened. Liar. That's bullshit. Never so, happened. No helicopter. We don't have anything like that. Wait. So. It- when did they say it was a helicopter? Just like immediately after the event was happening? This was, like mid- right this away? was shortly after midnight, uh, th- you know, that that night, right after the first sightings. So a, a representative from the Air Force Base just gets, they got a hold of the media and there's like, yeah, it's just, we just got a hel- helicopter with a powerful beacon. And then they were like, where's the, what, what's the beacon for? They're getting, they're getting, you know, the police are probably ill-equipped to handle something in the sky. So they're taking calls and I imagine that gets forwarded to some sort of like military or something, something that has the capability of like, hey, we have something in our airspace here that we don't know that shoot beams. Everyone's freaking the fuck out. What the hell? What's going on here? And that would be the kind of why the military might release this statement like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just one of our we're doing a training mission. It's all good. So there's just trying to like quell the public with, with a quick it's a helicopter. No, don't worry about it. 
Yeah, even though we're, you know, we there's not one single report of people hearing the blades or hearing the helicopter. This thing's right. perfectly silent. And then six hours later, you have them completely flip the narrative and then be like, no, there was no such thing. That never happened. And, and not only was the helicopter silent or whatever, or the object silent, it also was melting holes in the ice. So yes. who was, do we know who the representative was that announced that it was a helicopter initially and then fucking retracted it? Like, no, there, there's just, a blanket it just report. seems that they had, it is probably like passed down through the line. Like I'm sure somebody had called probably Stewart air force base. Like, Hey, do, are you guys doing anything? Cause I'm sure that would be one of the first things you'd kind of want to call. You'd probably call the local airports. You'd call, you know, whoever has, and then air force, like you just call them. Like, do you guys have anything going on? Right okay. now, <laughs> stupid question. <laughs> if anything question. in there, but like, does every single fucking city in the United States have a military or air force base? <laughs> because I feel like every time we talk about an alien fucking case, they all have fucking air force bases. There's always there. an air force base around. Always, like it's the same fucking story. It's uh, this shit's all the same. I want to Google real quick how many air force bases are in the U.S. Listen, quite a few. You're always just a quick flight away from an air force base, apparently. <laughs> So now you have this, th these two, you know, opposing narratives happening that there was a helicopter, there's not a helicopter. Well, then the Pentagon gets involved and then they said that the and, mystery and object actually was a helicopter. And we just to interject for timing sakes, the 24 hours after the whole, it's a helicopter, <laughs> it's not a helicopter debacle. The Pentagon is then like, you know what? Uh, actually, it was a helicopter with a powerful beacon. The first report <laughs> was right. Yeah. yeah that, so that flip the good. script completely again. Well, they didn't give the hours. fucking memo to the day shift is the problem. But he walks mm. in on the day and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't know anything about a helicopter. You guys are fucking crazy. And then he gets the memo from the Pentagon being like, oh, you mean that helicopter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a helicopter. And there's 59 active Air Force bases in the U.S., yeah. So yeah, you're just a, no matter where you are, there's always one not there's far always away. One. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then you have McGuire Air Force Base in Wrightstown, New Jersey, and they said that this object was a weather balloon that had actually been launched from Kennedy International Airport. Oh, this sounds familiar. <laughs> you had uh, you had officials from Stewart Air Force Base and McGuire uh, denying that. Denying any interest in this UFO. They didn't really want anything to do about it, apparently. Uh, and that the some, uh, well, apparently some of the Wanake police had actually reported seeing a pair of jets fly over the reservoir shortly after the UFO had been seen. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I right. guarantee you they had some shit on radar that they weren't sure and they scrambled jets. Well, I bet you as far as if your job is like national defense and you're on the Air Force base and the police get 200 calls that there's a UFO, the first like if you're on domestic soil, you're not there's not like a lot of like active action. You guarantee they're throwing the jets up like, all right, we got there might be some excuse to scramble. Let's go. Yeah, go. I could also see some idiot, though, like 
running the phone boards and then they <laughs> ask him what what's going on and then he runs into the you know air traffic control and says like you know hey do we got anything up in the air and they say oh yeah we got this helicopter out there with this really bright light and he says oh okay he's just trying to be a nice guy he tries to put people at ease he says oh we had this helicopter but maybe this helicopter was actually top secret then his you know his uh, <laughs> division officer or whatever gets in there it's like what the fuck did you do you told them about our top secret helicopter you dumb shit like and then they just said, no, no, there's no helicopter. I mean, like, that's the thing I don't understand. It's like, even if it was a top secret helicopter, like, what the fuck is going to happen if they're, yeah, it's a helicopter. Okay. Like, oh shit, it was top secret. Everybody that saw it's automatically going to fucking spontaneously. It's not combust. like this is the first helicopter. We know what fucking helicopters are. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I don't know. Well, it's weird. It's so top secret. That's a helicopter that doesn't make noise and has a melting beam underneath of it. That's that we're we're still this is a possible scenario. I'm not saying it's actually <laughs> happened, but I was like, I could see that happening where it's like somebody tries to allay the fears of the, you know, the populace. They don't want, you know, mass, you know, whatever hysteria. They don't want it, a whole bunch of like a panic to set in. So they tell them about this helicopter and somebody says, and then somebody else higher rank gets in there like you told him about the helicopter you dumb fuck and then the pentagon gets in there like well the cat's already out of the bag so might as well just tell him it's a helicopter but i don't mean to go backwards know. but did we get a size on those holes and the ice well if the craft was they say three, three to four feet, three feet they wouldn't be feet. that big well we, i mean like we don't we have no fucking clue how big the craft was we have some guy no. that's standing on the dam being like i think it's that big with nothing yeah, to compare well, it to but like uh, could they not have measured the fucking holes in the ice though like well, there's maybe no the record ice of that? was maybe the ice wasn't thick enough or something maybe it was like you can't walk you could yeah, actually maybe it's maybe they maybe they did the same thing with they're like oh that maybe it was three to four foot hole but it doesn't actually no one gives an, an exact measurement of the hole on the ice i don't believe hmm. i mean like could it just been fucking people ice fishing earlier that day like <laughs> you know what i mean just like, conveniently that there's this ufo and some of this yeah, like, it, shines, it shines lights in the holes like what's that hole what's that yeah, hole yeah, the fucking, what's that hole the helicopter's out there looking for good fucking ice fishing spots but yeah, that's a fucking great looking hole right there again i don't one. like i i don't like the helicopter angle only because of the descriptions of it and how it moved now i would say a drone but we know they didn't have drones like this in 66 what about spotlight? The the uh, the other thing is I like Dan was saying like maybe someone was just like hey it's a helicopter someone's like hey don't say it's like why would you tell them that I I think it's more of like oh yeah we had a help they're just trying to cover up that they you know maybe they did scramble jet they're trying to cover that up and then the guy's like why would you say that we have this helicopter we don't have that and if we did you shouldn't be telling people <laughs> we have this kind of shit. So right. we got to say we don't because we don't have this kind of thing and you can't release this. And then later they're like, who gives a shit if they think it's a helicopter with a spotlight? Just let's go with that. We already said it. I don't think it's that, that they actually had this helicopter in there. I don't believe for a second that a helicopter was in the air that night and was causing these people to see this. I don't believe that for a second. There's, there's no too many sound. accounts. You would think that there was someone there who had seen a helicopter before and is like, hey, everyone, there's a there's a. This is called a helicopter. <laughs> well, six, when did helicopters actually start, though? Like, didn't they start first start using helicopters in the Vietnam War? I mean, helicopters had been around since World War II, but they hadn't been fully, like, you know, using military helicopters. Like, like, the first, like, aero cavalry, like the Bell Huey and those ones, like, the Huey Bell, whatever. Like, 
those ones didn't come around until later. Like the I don't first think... helicopter flight was 1939. Yeah, so helicopters have been around for right. a long and time. And I guess we're we're at the start. This is like the start of the Vietnam War, isn't it? Mid 60s. E- uh, we're going off, we're going off topic here, but I'm saying like people might have seen those those like ha- those helicopters by now. It might have it's in public domain. People know about those helicopters. Yeah, people know about helicopters. <laughs> I'm yeah, Vietnam assume. War started about well, technically nineteen. It started in 1955, but I don't think the U.S. got and U.S. didn't get involved until later. So either way, the public knows what helicopters are, and if like everyone's heard a helicopter, you can hear that motherfucker flying from so far away. Yeah, yeah they're fucking loud. I yeah. mean, we don't even do we have silent helicopters today? You we can't. have very quiet helicopters. They're they're they, we have incredibly quiet ones, but we don't have that we know of. <laughs> There you go. You know, silent helicopters. There's no. Is there any silent choppers that are like big though? Well, the Apaches, the Apache attack helicopter is actually pretty quiet. Like those things can come over hills, like before you even know it. Like, but but once it's over the hill, you know it's coming. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So this is right over. Yeah, because then it like unleashes its fucking like mini cannon on you, and you're like ripped in half. But yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so. The, first, the explanation of it was a helicopter, then not a helicopter, and then the Pentagon saying it's a helicopter. You're like, okay, sure. Maybe maybe that's the easiest way to quell the public. Like, oh, it's just a helicopter. But I mean, it gives me it gives me very uh, Roswell vibes. It gives me that real. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was a that UFO. Initial, like, we've no, got a it wasn't a UFO. It's nothing to do yeah. with the UFO. Ah, it's it's a weather balloon or is a special type of weather balloon. Well, um, when they come out and say that, like, isn't it McGuire Air Force Base that says that that it's in fact a weather balloon? Right. Like so now there's the you got different officials saying it's a weather balloon. Like to me, when you listen to the accounts that these people have, and then you hear them say it's a weather balloon that was launched i was like what kind of fucking balloon maybe you know what maybe i i shouldn't talk i've never really seen a weather balloon up close and maybe maybe it's like an amazing life-changing event because they just dart around the sky they're fucking shooting holes in ice pulsating lights you know i've actually never seen a weather balloon so maybe that is in fact what they look like but i just assume that they don't look like that at all because it's a balloon. They're a, usually just a big white balloon with a long string yeah. at the bottom with the instruments attached. They're like they're a balloon. Like they're they can't they don't move up and down and sideways just a few hundred feet off the ground. They're meant to go like seventy thousand feet in the atmosphere and float there and give give back data. Now I also had read that it could have been a mixture. Of, I love this of you know the classic swamp gas. And a weather balloon because something about with the rocks in that area under immense pressure release gas, uh, you know, and Venus comes over and hits the swamp gas ever so perfectly with the weather balloon in the sky just makes for an unbelievable sight. Like it's very close uh, so, to something I actually so read. So <laughs> what, what you're talking about is that uh, there was an actual company, Vestigia, uh, which is an organization that tried to they seem to try to seek plausible explanations, scientific explanations for unexplained phenomena. Their conclusion was that what they had seen over Wanake was actually similar to uh, what we talked about in uh, is the Berwin UFO incident. Uh, when we talked about the Berwin uh, incident in the UK a long time ago or a while ago, 
it, it, it is a result of a type of electrical phenomenon that is produced by the faults in the Earth's crust. And the mm. Ramapo area sits on a type of apparently one of these faults where uh, electrical energy field will actually be produced uh, within the quartz, uh, the quartz bearing rocks underground. So the immense pressure and things like this will release this electrical discharge into the air and, and can seem like these. I've never seen this. I mean, it's scientists super have said rare. it's been observed, but I've never, I'd be, but I've never seen this. This seen seems like this. This seems ludicrous to me, that explanation, because you would think it would happen more regularly that people would be like, but it eh. is exceedingly rare. Yeah. It's not something you see all the time. Well, they have earthquake lights are a thing. If there is a big earthquake, you'll see right. it's like from like, it's, static electricity caused from the earthquake you it'll, it'll be produced into the atmosphere and you can see like the earthquake lights are like flashing and, sh and shit but they're not like it's not like concentrating in a singular point and kind of like floating around and earthquake lights and stuff like that when you because th they do happen often are like an atmospheric like wide phenomenon like you see the flashes and like the energy like bounding around but as far as like a Concentrate like this is more like a ball lightning, right? Like a small orb of energy, right? It's, but well, remember, I mean, it's yeah. pulsating red, blue, green, white. You know what's crazy is we've been getting a lot of stories about those color changing UFOs. Yeah, yeah, man. It's kind of the same thing. Like it's oh, it's it's red, it's white, it's blue, it's it's orange, and it's like it's going back and forth. It's like a so this is not the first time we've we've been getting them recently. Yeah, this is so. You know, Two other possible explanations that are put forth for this phenomenon is that, of course, like you said, it, it's not it's not necessarily Jupiter and Venus or actually. Well, it is one of them is Jupiter, but not Venus. Uh, and that would have possibly been in the correct uh, the correct vicinity to to have done something like this or been mistaken have for you a type ever of object? gone up and looked at the sky and gone seen the mirage of Jupiter looking three or four feet wide <laughs> and darting around the sky. Like, is that the wave of the gas that makes it appear that it's moving? Like, how does that work? Well, Jupiter is always like the first star in the sky most of the year in the Northern hemisphere, at least. It also, it is, it can get quite bright as well. Yeah. It, it gets a, it's a bright, it looks like a bright star, but it's not like, it doesn't look like it's right above you. So then you have another uh, another possible explanation would be the star Sirius, uh, mm -hmm. which can also appear quite low in the sky at points so like 24 degrees. And then it is less brilliant, but it is also well known for it, the, having the characteristic of multicolored flashes because it does seem to change colors does uh, it move though? when you look at it. Well, certain atmospheric conditions can affect the way that like the, the stars so they can look like they move. Drastic changes, I don't think so much. But Rare. I've never sat there and I mean, stared it's, at it's, something. It for fooled so long. an entire town. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like that's what's crazy to me. It'd be like if it was like two fucking yokels sitting on the back of their tr trucks drinking a six pack. You know what I mean? I would get it. But a whole fucking town? Like, and not only wild. this, let's not forget this part too. We do have even a little bit of men in black. Um you know, in in you, this case, you talking people are making coins disappear. Yeah, making coins disappear, flashing. Well, um, what you people you saw you did not see. People 
dressed in Air Force uniforms and bearing credentials, had actually rounded up some witnesses and had told them, like, listen, you hadn't seen anything and you shouldn't discuss its incident. And, you know, people that assumed make any they sense. Were, if there yeah. was men in black, they would have neuralized all of them. So, so that's and, bullshit. And, and Bullshit. they they made it assume like they made it seem that they people just assumed they were from the Air Force. The look, the talk, um, and then Colonel George P. Freeman, um, spokesman for Project Blue Lin, or Project Blue Book, <laughs> Blue Bin, he, Blue Lin, Blue, Blue Bin. I was right Blue too far ahead. Blue Bin, and he, he like their research that these men had no connection to the Air Force in any way, and they don't know who they were. Whoever How do you know they people, didn't have connection to the fucking Air Force? Whoever these government officials were checking, didn't they didn't have ties. There was no reports of Air the Force officials going, and they wouldn't... Like, Who's why that would coming they go from, out? though? Who's that coming this from? This is Colonel George P. Freeman. That's what I don't understand, is like the, the military groups are like coming out against each other, being like, I don't know, if this guy says a helicopter, this guy's fucking drunk. There's no helicopters. This guy says these are Air Force people. They're not fucking Air Force Well, they don't have people. as much cohesion... It, cohesion as you'd think they would right dan as far as like military like they don't really like intelligence services don't necessarily have to tell the military what they need to know there i mean there's there are you know uh classifications above top secret like that need to know kind of stuff so you know if the cia or something didn't want you to know about something they just figure you don't need to know especially back in the 60s like they were doing whatever the fuck they want to do so even the other like military people like you wouldn't like you see it in the movies all the time you know what i mean the fucking feds show up and they're like we got this this is now our scene we're taking over well that's 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 law enforcement so but yeah but um intelligence services don't necessarily i mean this could almost go into like the 911 stuff but they don't really communicate all that well there's not they really o- really open lines of communication between the CIA NSA you know, uh, Homeland Security now, blah, blah, blah. They all kind of have their own purvey and their kind of own, yeah, I guess you could agendas or objectives and where they don't line up, they don't feel like they need to communicate certain things. So if a CIA was posing as an Air Force official and then they felt like this is something that the Air Force doesn't need to know about or we don't need to really let them in on it, perhaps they didn't find anything. So they didn't feel like they needed to mention anything. Who knows? Right. But the Air Force doesn't necessarily like the CIA doesn't necessarily is not obligated to tell the Air Force like we see that that would make more sense that you have some CIA people going in right tell them your Air Force try to get accounts tell them not to talk to anyone else about your like that you're talking to them like oh no but don't why do you even this. have to lie why would you have well, to lie and say you're you say you're CIA that's fucking good enough for me this is what I fucking saw well Great. because then if it comes out then it becomes <laughs> then it comes out like Say it's like the CIA was coming and asked, it's like, why the fuck does the CIA need to know? <laughs> Wasn't this a helicopter? Right. What the fuck? Like, it, uh, too many questions. So I, get, I could see something like that. But it's it's one of those things what gives this, this, I really, really like this case because of all the explanations. I lean right away to there was a UFO in the skies of New Jersey that night. If different agencies are saying different things, say the military is just saying something to quell the public and then intelligence comes in and says something to the military. Like, don't tell them this. Maybe they're, maybe they already know it's something different and it's just all, it's just all quelling public fear. Cause if, if right away, if you're like, especially back then you're like in the middle of the cold war, we have a UFO on American soil. It's has the ability to melt ice. Everyone would fucking lose their shit. 
With a light. Yeah, with a light. flashlight. Melt a hole through your roof and abduct your children. Like, that's what that's where the hysteria would go right away, probably. And let's not forget that, like, so if a helicopter was over top, I forgot this too. It's causing the report, it was causing the water level to rise and all the treetops to bend together, like, and collect underneath it. Like... That is seems backwards of a helicopter, right? Yeah, if a helicopter. Well, it seems like a helicopter fucking should be flying all over the place. Well, yeah, if a helicopter's in the middle of the reservoir, let's say, yeah, it'd be pushing the it, ice and the water away. Yeah, if the if the ice wasn't very thick, it'd probably crack. Like it would probably crack the ice, and the wind would kind of push sideways, and maybe the trees would kind of start waving. But as far as like the eyewitness descriptions, everything's getting pulled to a center point. It seems like. So helicopters doesn't really, doesn't line up. So helicopter, no. weather, weather balloon, atmospheric planet phenomena, something. Swamp gas. Swamp gas. Jupiter cla- and all, Venus. Yeah, all the classics. In perfect alignment. What else do we have? Is there any more theories of what it could be besides actually an UFO, unidentified ET craft? Uh, the, last, the last one that kind of... Uh, may have fit the profile is a, a phenomenon known as light pillars. And I know a lot of people saw pictures of these just recently because uh, it happens a lot uh, Yep. In, in colder places. But I know a lot of people have seen them. Uh, it's usually a, 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 it's an atmospheric optical phenomenon uh, where you will absor- observe what appears to be like a vertical beam of light. And it seems to extend far above its light source. Um, but it can also go the other way. It can also be look like it's coming down from a light source. So if you look up pictures of light pillars, you'll you'll see a lot of photos which could uh, you know possibly be taken as or, or look like some type of UFO. They look like a as an object is projecting light down onto the ground. Uh, this happens when there is. Uh, a reflection of light from tiny ice crystals, which are suspended in the atmosphere, which could have been, you know, on Jan- in January, cold weather. It usually, it, I think, uh, cold weather is the ideal conditions. What's well, more this northern? It's got to be north. Um, you got to be northern. The more north you go, the more likely to see auroras and light pillars are. Right. Now, I looked at light pillars, and I, I, I could agree that maybe the photo of this uh, and hashtag look it up. One uh, okay. UFO in photo. Um, yeah, sure. I could, you know what? If it's one. Potentially, this fits one aspect of this story. Where this loses me is the fact that p- there's so many accounts of this thing zigzagging, the flashing, the changing of the lights, you know, the changing light of doesn't, the colors. The changing of the colors. Light doesn't make trees bend together and water levels rise. Like there's just so many other aspects. I would agree that like light pillars kind of explains away the one part, like the light pillars coming down from the lake or coming up, coming down. No, I'm going to crush the light pillars after you're done. Crush it. So you don't, you can't explain the vacuum like effect that this, whatever is happening. Yeah. The crush himself crush. Yeah. The vacuum effect of course is light pillars can't do that. But what do you, if you look up light pillars, and they're usually more than one beam. Well, I think, and I, any picture I look at, there's at multiple beams, you know, six, right. eight, and that's 10, coming 12. from multiple light sources. But if you have a singular light source, so you don't have a beam. It's probably pretty rare to see. It's, well, it's pretty rare to see them below the 49th 
anytime. They have to be pretty powerful. So, yeah. So, and the thing is, is like you also need a light source for it to happen. And what light source would be out in the middle of a, uh, you know, a frozen lake in the middle of January? I have no idea. So when you get beyond these explanations and you get beyond uh, whatever you could call the mundane explanations of what this could actually be, if it were a UFO, you'd have to wonder as to what it was doing. If it's if it's burning holes in the ice, you know, of course, these these uh, what appear to be intelligent patterns. We, we said before, perhaps it was searching for something like what would it be searching for? First thing I thought of was that. Um, I remember seeing, and I can't remember if it's an act, if it's the scene from the original cut or it's a deleted scene from ET. And in the beginning of ET, um, the it implies that you you have the scene or you have the shot of the ET creatures like coming out and actually like handling pine cones, like they were looking for something, you know. Where you have, uh, you know, there's this theory that you know aliens. Or, or looking for something, you know, whatever it is here on earth. So perhaps, you know, water is something precious to them. We do know that a lot of, uh, a majority actually of UFO sightings occur near or on the water. Um, you have tons of sightings of USOs, you know, mm-hmm. un- unidentified submersible objects. You probably have more reports of those than you actually do have like a few UFO events. You see a lot more of that. Uh, water, sea or liquid water at least seems to be a very, uh, at least in, in our solar system, definitely seems to be kind of rare, uh, except for, you know, at least what is it, Encedalus? Encedalus moon? or Moon's not got it now? Moon might have liquid water. We're not sure. Um, but it large bodies of like, you know, yeah. liquid water seems to be rare, uh, unless you take like Enzatilis or whatever, but even then, uh, you know, so perhaps it was there, of course, you know, when they describe this, this craft, when, when I think about it, they describe this craft as very small, you know, it, it definitely isn't something that you would consider probably being manned or being, you know, controlled manually. It would probably be, it'd probably be something like a scout or it'd be like some type of probe would make more yeah. sense that it's, it's searching for something that's taking samples. Uh, Braden mentioned about it. Maybe it's just like some kind of like, mm, perhaps like dimensional interdimensional probe where it's like not necessarily sending it to another dimension, but it's, it's reaching, it's looking for something, it's pulling it up and then that it ports it for lack of a better word to another place. It ports it to its, its, you know, it's mothership or, you know, it's planet, wherever it's from. Um, I mean, that would kind of make sense if you, if you didn't need to send out a whole ship, if you could just send probes whipping through time and space and you could just suck it up and then send it back easy, you know, mm-hmm. that would be more simple than actually sending manned missions to these places definitely less dangerous. So that's what I think of is that if, if it's perhaps, you know, uh, that that's kind of one of the things that I thought of was that if it's looking for something, liquid water would be one of them. Why exactly it would be over the Wana K, you know, reservoir. That's kind of anybody's guess, but here's, um, here's my thoughts on it. When the, I'm going to kind of go out there with this theory, this is one I was kind of thinking about, uh, earlier. Um, from all the accounts, this one has, 
the technology or whatever's flying doesn't like we could if this was today i would go oh maybe it's some sort of drone other than the light we know we have like high powered light beams that you know that could potentially you know, i don't know instantaneously melt a hole in ice but probably you know we're it's not out of the realm of possibilities for us now to have some sort of drone that has you know flashing lights i actually think that this specific encounter is potentially um some sort of time travel device that we've created in the future (laughs) that we're sending back and we haven't quite and the reason i think that is because of the effects of gravity around this of, of this craft right and we know that you know time travel you know maybe has something to do with gravity we might be able to manipulate it that way so maybe this is like it affects the the gravity in the area of where this thing is because it it doesn't fly like the maneuvers aren't unbelievable maneuvers they're just unbelievable for 1966 it's not that light speed it's not that taking off it's zigzags sharp zigzags but like anyone knows like you know if you could show someone from 1966 these like quadcopter drone races we have in their minds would explode at these things the movements and stuff that we can we can do now my mind so, explodes right now watching those quadcopter races they're fucking yeah, insane so it's, so to me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, you know, in the future, we, we do figure out time travel. And this is, this is our own research drones going back and taking samples, whether molecular samples or something, just because we haven't perfected it. So it's like, did they mean to go to 1966 Winock Reservoir? Like, no, but that's where they popped up. They're like, all right, let's get some water. Let's get the hell out of there do our things. We only have, it's only going to be, we're only going to be able to send it signals for 12 hours and then we got to destroy it. We don't want to crash it on earth because we don't want people to collect it. Maybe it's something like that. Right. So you're going, that kind of goes with the theory that like when people say like alien greys are like, they're like more like androids. Yeah. And so people, some people say like, that's, that's us in the future sending stuff back. Like those drones, like that, so we're sending back Android drones in like drone craft back through time. And this could just be like a smaller version of those, like a drone craft, like some type of cl- collecting whatever, wherever they send it, it collects whatever's around. Here's what I'm saying is that if in fact we are, or the, the grays are sending stuff back in time, it it's not going to be linear. So maybe this probe in 1966, maybe this is like the first wave of things sent back in time, right? And then, you know, we see stuff, you know, in 1947, we have the the Roswell question. Maybe that's more advanced technology from even further in the future, but they've just sent it back further in time. You know what I mean? Like, we would not see the linear progression of their time travel devices. It wouldn't matter. So someone from the year, whatever, let's say like year 3000 sends a craft back, it gets back to 1966, but then someone from the year 4000 sends a craft back, it goes back to 47. Yeah, or even, yeah, right, exactly. Like, it's just, the technology is getting better, but we would never see the linear progression of these of these devices, well, if in fact that's what it is. Yeah, if you perfected, perfected time traveling, you could actually jump between time. Yeah, you, have, you would have no idea. Like, you could get a guy, you could get something from who knows how far in the future to come back, or you could get something just from 100 years right now when we just first discover it. The only thing we can send back is a little drone that flashes and melts ice. Yeah. I mean, the light is way too small to be a DeLorean, so we call mm. bullshit. Fair. But that, that's, uh, that's my theory. 
Now, as there, I'm waiting for the time when uh, a gigantic robot comes out of that lake. And in 66, that was when it, it, it activated this robot's been lying here for God knows how long, just like war of the worlds comes down. They shoot blah. aliens. Yeah. They shoot it. They shoot the aliens through the crust of the ice into the ship. They're just sitting there dormant waiting for the right time. And then it's just going to pop, pop through the top of the ice along well, they didn't with hear the sound. So that means no giant robots, right? They not, not yet. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They're, they're lying dormant. They were shot down in a cryogenic tube where they're just waiting for the, the signal from whatever, the, the homeland, the mothership, and then they're going to start breaking through. We'll see. That's a good movie. Great movie. Also also probable. It's underrated. I liked it. I liked it I a think. lot. <laughs> uh, Andrew, did you have a theory? Well, not so much as far as I don't, like any of, I don't like any of these explanations, personally. I don't. I don't buy any of them. I like... You know what I mean? But again, my knowledge on weather balloons and silent helicopters is very limited. Um, but for me, like I, you know, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to think that it could be anything else. You know what I mean? Like at first I kind of thought maybe it could be like somebody using a spotlight or something like that, or potentially maybe a firework, you know what I mean? Given the timing, it's January 11th. I could imagine people, you know what I mean? On the leftover first from-, from Christmas, right? Maybe they're shooting off a few cool Roman candles or something like that. But I feel like out in that entire city, it would be hard to fool all those people. Somebody's going to recognize a fucking firework. Well, no, right? fire, no firework stands in the air for that long. Yeah. Without sound. Exactly. Right. Maybe. So then, you know, but like, that's my first thoughts or maybe it was a spotlight. Maybe it was yep. a firework potentially, but no, I, I don't like any of those, especially with, you know what I mean? Especially with the vacuumous effect that it has on the environment around it and the holes in the ice. Like, See that's, that's just, why it, it like it, it almost makes like a singularity around it. It seems like where you know it's, the gravity is pulling towards it. That's why I'm thinking some sort of like dimensional craft, and we can see the effects on our physical, but we we can't perceive everything that it's doing. Yeah, it could very well be. I don't know. This is far above my pay grade. I have no yeah. fucking clue. It's displacing time. It's just displacing gravity. Just like Bob Lazar said, those crafts will displace gravity around them, and that's how they travel. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, sure. If, uh, yeah, the best way you're going to be traveling through space is, you know, punching holes in space and time. Like, it's the quickest way to get from point A to point B. So, uh, and I, from our understanding of the universe so far, science has told us that, you know, gravity has a lot to do, uh, you know, gravity, electromagnetic forces, whatever. Uh, it's it's probably going to be some type of propulsion based on that. So uh, that's your best case, some advanced propulsion off of that. I mean, we're, I don't know, our, like our most advanced propulsion at this point is like setting off nuclear bomb, like nuclear bombs behind a, you know, setting off yeah. a nuclear bomb inside a chamber and then using that to propel our stuff. It's basically just a big bullet, but, <laughs> um, you know. We're basically the gun planet. Yeah. <laughs> Like everything we do is basically you're just shooting a bullet. It's no wonder they're only sending fucking probes. And Blow drones stuff and shit. They don't want to land get, here. Like, they don't want anything to do with point B. <laughs> no, I, I like this one. It's cool. Like I didn't see a movie. I don't see any book deals. I don't see anything like that. Like it's fucking nobody's profiting it's, off it. It's honestly not talked talked about no. enough, in my opinion. I I had not heard about it till we looked it up just this last week. 
An excellent case file, Dan. Dan suggested it. Dan did suggest it. And let's just quickly touch on that. It was in January was the initial sighting, but it actually came back the following October. Isn't that right, Dan? Yeah, there was another, a couple reported sightings in October uh, in the same place. Uh, this was rela- uh, reported by uh, Robert J. Gordon of Pompton Lakes, which you guys recall is, is near Wana K. Uh, that him and his wife, Betty, actually saw this saucer-shaped object. And they reported it being the size of an automobile, uh, being mm, the size a of a bigger. car, and then also glowing white. So, you know, maybe it was the mothership coming back to check out what the probe had found or something like that. But it it was, you know, it was described being extremely bright. Um, you know, uh, one person, at least a described it as being you know as bright as like when a light bulb was going to blow so this thing was you know basically blinding at some point i suppose but yeah it's i don't know it 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 seems that this thing even has the ability to change shape because you have some people saying it looked like a sphere looked like a a basketball um or it looked like the, the almost the traditional uh like saucer shape and, and things like that with the little little dome or cupola or whatever you want to call it on top uh but yeah it, it's you know they, apparently it came back in october so wana k was kind of just chock full of ufos for that year <laughs> it's cool should we get into a little bit space news there we go Basically, hell exists. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, we all learned that in 2020. Yeah, yeah. hell it, exists. It's here on Earth. It's here on Earth. Uh, well, there is a worse place to be on 2020. I, this planet K2141b uh, is worse. Um, it's basically... <laughs> the floor's lava everywhere. Uh, oceans of lava... Winds that reach supersonic speeds and the rain <laughs> is made of rock. It rains rocks. And he it uh, it's one of the most extreme environments ever discovered. So it's uh, very interesting. It flies very close to a, a, its sun and it's just a lava planet. It's um, yeah, very bizarre. Rains rocks. Sounds great. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Uh, NASA finally contacted... Oh, and we get all these from... Most of the space news we get from sciencealert.com. Great website for getting space news. Um, that's sponsor where most of from. Sponsor, yeah, sponsor us. Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> NASA finally makes contact with the Voyager 2 uh, after the longest radio silence in 30 years. Um, that's crazy. I didn't know this. There's basically only one satellite There's that can talk. There's only one dish there's only one, one dish yeah that's powerful enough to communicate with voyager 2 which is currently over 8.7 billion kilometers away or 11.6 billion miles well it's also the best one because the way that voyager is heading outside of our solar system or the way that it's, it's kind of orientated with the the earth's orientation to the sun it, or how we orbit it, it's it generally moves in like a more southerly dire- direction, so it would be difficult for like northern hemisphere one to get it, but it's easy for the Australian one to get it. 
Because that, that thing's like in the Oort cloud now, isn't it? It's well past. It's like way the fuck out there. I don't even know if it's in the Oort cloud. I think there's still some distance to go. But it's far out there. It's past Pluto. It's far out, man. <laughs> That's pretty far out, man. And it works. It works perfectly well. That's the crazy thing. It's like this thing has been traveling forever. And they're like, yeah, it works. Like it works perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> they no hadn't problem. they hadn't communicated with it for eleven months because they were doing critical upgrades to the deep space station forty three in Australia, uh, which is the only antenna that can send commands. Uh, they sent it commands. It responded. It executed the commands what did it say? without issue. What did I don't it say? know. This is fucking important it's information. It's getting dark. I don't know. I think it was a protocol that just like it it executes and then it to indicate that it received that message. It's just like mm. you send it to them. It's like, did you get this? And it says, yes, I got this. Beep. No, it's so crazy well, about that probe is say it goes for another like hundreds and hundreds of years and it stays operational. It's eventually going to get to a point where it's closer to a different sun and fire and it's going to be able to power back up. Because eventually it's going to get too far away from our sun that it'll just run out of juice. There won't be enough light to to feed it. But eventually, because once you're going at that speed, there's no stopping you until you get picked up by different like different gravity from a different sun or something. So eventually, that thing is going to get to a point where it start it fires back up again at a in a different solar system. I don't know if it'll have enough juice to get all the way back to Earth, but eventually it'll try, it'll start trying to send signals again. It's fucking nuts. Could you imagine we pick up something like the Voyager 2, but incoming? Oh. Right? Just a simple, and you're just like, holy shit, that'd be wild. It's possible. Anyways, uh, Elon Musk wants uh, to impose his own regime on Mars. Basically, he wants to be Mars dictator. Mars 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 ambassador. (laughs) I read that. I thought it was a joke at first. Minister of Mars. Um, basically they don't, they want to draft their own constitution for Mars. Earth laws oh, will not apply. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before he becomes a supervillain. If you're it's only a matter of time. <laughs> so yeah, th- this, this article is actually really interesting because it talks about space law, which is the thing. And I didn't know that really until we, I read this article that the, you could actually, you can specialize in space law. You can become a lawyer of <laughs> space law. Like not, not a lot of openings. Yeah. What have I done with my life? That's what I should have been. The, but there is there is an original there is an original like space treaty that was written like 1967, 1966 or something. There where um most most like at least a hundred countries and all of the spacefaring ones that uh, have signed on to it. Where essentially, for right now, when a citizen of Earth and you know a citizen of a country on Earth goes into space, they carry their citizenship with them. So you are still subject to the laws of your country, right? And that includes corporations as well. So SpaceX is still subject, and and its liability lies with the United States because it's in the it's a United States it's a U.S. company. So if something were to happen, and then it violated some international law or it violated. Uh, another country's uh, sovereignty or something within, you know, in the area or something like that, the United States would be liable for that, not the company itself. I mean, it makes oh, sense. Crazy. Like if there's bird law, there should be fucking space law. <laughs> so, but, right? the, but then it does raise the question. It's like when, when, you know, for right now, it's like enforcing law in space. is not like that big, a 
big a deal because it's like the only place that people live outside of earth is on the ISS. And it's like, what, like nine people or something like seven or nine people in there. But yeah, if they go live on Mars where it's like a two, almost a two, what is it? Two year trip, like to get there. Something like that. To get there? A year yeah. to get there at least. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like executing law there would be a bit problematic. You know, I, I, I probably, none of us would probably, well, maybe we will. I don't know. I'll be ahead in a jar or something. But if we live to see the first murder on Mars, you know, that's going to be a big thing. Or the first person born on Mars, like, are you a citizen of the country that your parents are from? Or are you a citizen, sovereign citizen of, of Mars? Mars? You believe, so you're, you're you telling breathe. me that space has more laws than international waters? I suppose so. I mean... <laughs> You know, can you have diplomatic immunity on Mars? No, because you, I mean, you're not a diplomat, but you know, if you're, if you're born there, but I suppose it'd be strange, but it's, it's not like, it's not like something this hasn't been thought of before. You know, this is, this is one of the things like, you know, do you fall under the company? So is it going to become like an, an outer, if anybody's played the outer worlds games, like if you play the outer worlds, Mm. like, is it going to become that you are, you know, the company owns you, you, you are a property of the company because they put you on the planet and they provide for you, you know? So it's like, you know, you've tried the rest now try the best SpaceX. And you have to put that after (laughs) that's your daily mantra in the morning, you know, whatever. So they, they, yeah, it, it brings up a lot of complicated questions about people living on Mars and what are we going to do when people get over there? Who enforces laws and whose laws do they follow? You know, is it yeah. you know cryogenically frozen head of Elon Musk when they get there? Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, it makes sense. You're on a different planet. How are how are someone on on Earth going to enforce law on that planet? Sure. I mean, the, With your space I mean, we force. have a whole book series, The Expanse. It's like, that's the whole thing is like pretty much like, you know, a planet, not necessarily companies, but you have a whole planet founded over there. And it's, you know, first it's types of countries or is it going to be companies, private companies, things like that. I think Total Recall has some stuff about that too. But you know, the concept, the concept is not new, but it is, it does bring up when it actually happens, like it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, if you, you can look, Look on this on, on Science Alert for this what for this uh, article, and you can see the projected space colony that Elon wants to put up. It like starts with this like a simple like couple of towers, and all of a sudden there's like a fucking Mars metropolis. It's like this is what I want. <laughs> there's like I hundreds don't know if and hundreds of simulation. That's a game. I think I've seen a game like that before. I think that's like colonizing Mars. The game. Well, maybe. Is this? It's his titled base build up in this his what he would. What what they think would happen on Mars and how fast it would go if they actually started. Yeah, doing you've it. got like a set of you know rocket launch pads and and then those extend out into the you know extend out into the cities where they start building the colony. Bunch um, of bubble bubble domes with like little tunnels connecting yeah. all the all the buildings and stuff. Their projections are pretty cool. Like you know when they're building this the the, the Project Starship or whatever they're building this entire you know stainless steel rocket ship which is intended to be like one hundred percent reusable. And Planet Express. Yeah. Play, essentially, <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. You know, good news, everybody. <laughs> we're driving down the price of space travel. You know, it's like half of you will die on Mars, but that's okay. <laughs> Won't affect the bottom line. Uh, that's all I had for space news. Why don't we, uh, do we have a, is the randomatron working? I got it working. Oiled up, lubed up, ready to go. Perfect. Let's fire that sucker up. Let's hear it. 
Coming. You guys getting that? Across the globe here, four, four points in North America. Oof. Still hear shit on my on my shit in my sleeve. Here's shit on my shit on my sleeve. Here's shit in my sleep. But yeah, shit on your sleeve. I hear shit off it your happens. face. <laughs> that, happens. that happens too. Let That's us know what you hear. <laughs> There's poop everywhere. It's not good. All right. Lots of bodily fluids. Mongoose file, baby. So as we know at the beginning of these things, you know, this happens to a friend of a friend of a friend of mine. But in order to get the story across, it's a little easier to, you know. Put it in the first person. Yeah. Just flows nicer, right? So, like the majority of these, they take place in a coastal town. You know what I mean? Somewhat like, I don't know, BC, we could say. West Coast like BC. Coastal BC city. Yeah, West Coast. Beautiful. Big place. Vancouver, Tropolis. maybe. Yeah, yeah Vancouver's sure. good. You know, that, that, there we yeah. go. We'll go with that. Similar yeah, to Vancouver. It sounds good. So, routine night shift, you know. Not at a night like any other night. Nothing, nothing standing out. Nothing crazy. Call comes in. It's approximately three thirty in the morning. Call comes on the CAD. Unresponsive, five-week-old baby. No, you know, and a lot of those. Unfortunately, after you've done the job for a lot for a while, a lot of those calls they come in and, you know, they're normally you know they're new parents, right? They've only had the kid for five weeks. And a lot of these are usually overreactions, right? Baby's been apneic or hasn't, you know, breathes for, you know, uh, you know, a scary amount of time. Parents kind of overreact, call 911. And by the time the ambulance gets there, everything's fine. Baby's smiling or crying or, you know, otherwise healthy. So we respond to this call, apartment complex, you know what I mean? Nothing, nothing, no red flags. Everything seems quite normal. Knock on the door and there's, you know, there's an air of nonchalance because, you know, it's quite common. You bring the necessary equipment though, but you know, for the majority of these things, that's usually nothing. So bang on the door, so-and-so ambulance service, door flies open and immediately there's a blue limp five month or five week old child thrust oh, into our no. friend of a friend of ours chest. So right off the bat, you're like, okay, fuck, shit's real. So look over at my partner. I'm like, we need the BVM right now. Hook it up with some O2. It's a BVM. Uh, I'm going to uh, beg valve mask. That's okay, what we yeah, use yeah. to assist respirations. If somebody's in respiratory arrest or struggling to breathe, you know, you you could just give supplemental oxygen if there was some sort of respiratory drive, but she has no respiratory drive. So we had to breathe for her. Right. And in that case, you use the beg valve mask. Um. So we start bagging this baby right away. You notice, you know what? She's got a heart rate, it's tachycardic, which means her heart rate's very fast. She's cyanotic, which means she's blue, which means she's been hypoxic without uh, oxygen for a while. So we start bagging her and right away, look over to the parents, like what's going on? You know, is baby healthy? Has anything happened? Could she have possibly choked on something? 
oscillate. You know what I mean? Air is going in and in and out nicely. So right away, you know, it doesn't sound like there's any obstructions. Um, mom goes, hey, no, baby's healthy. You know, nothing, nothing, you know, abnormal, regular pregnancy, regular birth. Okay, okay. Um, check the blood sugar. You know what I mean? That's normal, you know, and it's just so confusing because the baby, you know, normally, you know, you'd think they would be in cardiac arrest by now, but they're just in respiratory arrest. Heart rate's nice and strong. So we're sitting there and you could see the mom kind of just, you know, she's panicking, but she can't move very well. And I'm like, you know, you said everything was normal. You know, could you have potentially like, you know what I mean? The, the birth was normal. She's like, yeah, it was a C-section. Everything went fine. Oh, it was a C-section. She's like, yes. So I'm like, okay, interesting. Like was baby breach, anything like that? No, no, just was an emergency C-section. Okay. And you know, me and my partner are kind of looking back at each other being like, Obviously, we need ALS here to intubate this baby, but like, what the fuck is going on? And you're sitting here and thinking, thinking, and I'm like, you know, C-section, it was only five weeks ago. Are you taking anything for pain? She's like, yeah, you know, the doc doctor prescribed me Tylenol. Um, and I'll be honest with you, the pain's been quite unbearable. So I've been taking some meds that I've had for a previous injury. Mm. Okay, go, go get those meds. Go get those fucking meds right now. And the father comes running up to us and he's got two um, pill containers and you look at him and one is tramadol and the other is oxycontin. What's tramadol? Tramadol is a opioid based analgesic painkiller. Oh shit. So it's an opioid mixed with an acetaminophen if I'm I might be wrong but I think I'm pretty sure it's something like that. An opioid with acid. So right away I'm like you know what I mean it's baby breastfed. She's like yes baby's breastfed and I look at my partner I'm like draw me up some Narcan right now. We had to look up the dose. It's not every day that you give a five-week-old Narcan, right? right? It's just, it's a little bit abnormal. So we had to look up the dosages and, you know, we're we're Narcanning this child. And just as we're doing that, ALS arrives and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? We're like, listen, kids in respiratory arrest. That advanced life support. Mom's breastfeeding. She's been eating opioids like M&Ms, like she said. So we're gonna, we're gonna give her some Narcan. And he's like, I, yeah, go for it. And within two minutes baby's pink and screaming and yeah her breast milk was giving her Potent. the opioid oh. usually it's a small dose but with the amount she was eating I guess it was enough to uh, make the child have an opioid overdose just crazy bizarre just from like, like the, the small body size of the infant with the mother's breast milk was enough to OD the baby which is wild holy you know, like, shit the, yeah man it was crazy and it's just like it's just not something you would ever think about. You know what I mean? Like it was just such a random thought that popped up and it's like, it's weird that she's limping and not looking like, you know what I mean? Like weird. And then just, it's cool. You get to do a little Sherlocking every it's once wild. in a while. That is pretty cool. That's some good uh, intuition. Yeah. A friend of a friend. Well, you have to, man. Cause you just, you panic, right? You're like, fuck, what the hell is causing this? Nothing makes sense. You no, know, with, not choking, with kids, not nothing, just, but still blue. And the wild part about that is, is I like, there's, I'm not exaggerating. 99.9% .9 of these calls with these infants is nothing because you know what I mean? You're just, you don't know Scared what the parents. fuck you're doing. I've been there. It's terrifying, man. Like I sit there staring at my kid in the middle of the night being like, holy fuck, his chest hasn't moved. Like, is he breathing? Is he, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you panic. It's <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Well, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Cause I don't know, but I could imagine. Yeah, it's terrifying. That's crazy. Yeah. Baby's happy and healthy. I think 
almost one years old now. But yeah, anyways. Whew. It's the mongoose file for the mongoose file. Terrifying. Um, let's give out a theorite of the week. I think this week we're going to give it to, I don't know, think he's ever got it before, but he's been a long time community member, a long time fan of the show, Stephen Estep. And he es- just, yeah, Estepe. Estep. Estepe. Estep. Two P's. But he made a- He's just an everlasting presence on social media. Dude, he's unreal. He's, he's, he's unreal. He just made a post of, like, how'd you, just in the, in the Facebook group. Like, how'd you guys find ATT? And it got like massive, massive response. And I went and read all the comments. Most of them was like, I searched for alien and these idiots popped up and I never left. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. But Steven, a step this week's theorite of the week. Thanks for being a great member of the community and keeping the conversation going. Over the last six, eight months, it's, this place is gold mine. I go, I'm in there every day now. I love it. Yeah. It used to be toxic, and now it's great. Like I, the, the, This was the first time, I don't know how long, that I've seen an Epstein meme. Yeah. This is the taste, first time one popped ones, up. Tasteful ones, too. Now they're tasteful. Yeah. Tasteful <laughs> memes. But Stephen Estep, Theorite of the Week. We appreciate it. All right. If you are, if you've not got on our Patreon yet, and you want to get extended versions of these case files, the live versions with the after hours, bonus content, and all the rest, Discord access, head over to patreon.com slash alien theorists podcast. This week's patrons going with, oh, this is a new one. How do you (laughs) describe this? Bracket squiggle underscore squiggle bracket. Neutral face, happy face. Kyle, Cody Dixon, Nathan Matlock. Matlock? Ooh, that's a great show. Great fucking show. My grandma loved that fucking show. Gary Bennett, Jordan Sutton, Joellen, Jacob Bowden, Martin Stolp. Jacqueline Wright Nathan Blake Cates Matthew Alana Halawi Emily Scoradado Welcome back. We recognize the name. Gone for a bit. Now she's back. We appreciate it. Matthew Andralowicz Trent Gio. Dijioa, I think I might have read that last week, and Sawyer Das. This week's patrons, we support. We thank we thank you for the support. And I think that's all. That's all for me this week. Anything else? And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you on after hours. <laughs>